And he called the twelve and began to send them out, two by two, and gave them authority over the unclean spirits. So far our text. Please be seated. Grace and peace, love and mercy from God our Father, through Jesus Christ our risen Savior and Lord. Amen. He gave them authority. What do you think of when you hear that word, authority? Many times it brings out negative feelings in our mind. We don't like it when someone exercises authority over us, do we? And yet God has given us a commandment that talks specifically about authority. The fourth commandment. Honor your father and your mother that it may go well with you and you may live long on the earth. The first commandment with a promise. Luther teaches us in the small catechism what this means. We should fear and love God so that we do not despise our parents and other authority. Fourth commandment's not just about parents. It's about all authority. We shouldn't despise them. Instead, what we are taught from God's word and in the small catechism is that we should honor them, serve and obey them, love and cherish them. Think about the authorities that are over you. Maybe it's mom and dad. Maybe it's the police, the government, your teachers, your pastors. Well, maybe I don't despise these authorities, but I don't always honor them. I certainly don't love and cherish them as God's Word calls me to do. We bristle at the thought of authority. We want to be our own boss. We want to be the authority. And yet God has placed authority over us. The heading of this section in Luther's small catechism is simply titled, God's gift of authority. We rarely think of authority as a gift. And that's exactly what it is. We think of it in terms of our vocation. The callings that we have. A mom and a dad have authority over their children. Elected leaders have authority over their jurisdiction. The police or other law enforcement have authority in the area where they have been placed. The world runs orderly and smoothly when things take place in their vocation and people 
obey, honor, and respect their authority. When we try to work outside of our vocation, we sin. When we disobey our authorities in our vocations, we sin. When we don't see the authority that God has placed over us as a gift, we sin. And when we obey the authorities that have been placed over us, we are not only obeying our parents or the police or the elected officials, we are obeying God who placed those authorities over us. In our gospel reading for tonight, we see that word, authority. And we see it used in a very specific way. He called the twelve and began to send them out two by two. We're talking about the twelve disciples. Jesus is sending out the disciples two by two to do the work of ministry. We're talking about the office of the holy ministry. We're talking about the authority that God has given specifically to this office of pastor. Luther describes it this way in the Catechism. The office of the keys is that special authority which Christ has given to the church on earth. Okay, are you with me so far? The office of the keys, the office of pastor, is a special type of authority or power. Christ has given this power and this authority to the church. Okay, what kind of a power is it? A power to levy taxes? A power to make people do whatever the pastor wants to do? A power to do any kind of whim or fancy? No. A special authority which Christ has given to the church on earth to forgive the sins of repentant sinners but to withhold forgiveness from the unrepentant as long as they do not repent. The office of the holy ministry is a special authority. It is a special power. It is the authority and the power to forgive or not forgive sins. It's that simple. The catechumens learn and confess that this office of the holy ministry is a threefold power. What does a pastor do? Primarily, preach the word, administer the sacraments, forgive or not forgive sins. This is the authority that God has given to the church, and the church exercises that authority through the called pastor of the local congregation. 
We see it playing out here in Mark chapter 6, verse 7. Jesus sends out his pastors two by two. He gave them authority over unclean spirits. Well, what good does that do today, right? We don't have any unclean spirits around. My friends, the more things change, the more they stay the same. Satan is hard at work. He is the most unclean spirit of all. And Satan works through the world around us. And even in that old Adam or old Eve that lives inside of us, our sinful flesh, the devil, the world, and our flesh, the unclean spirits that are constantly attacking us, that are constantly trying to rip us out of the nail-scarred hands of our Lord and Savior, Jesus. At the end of Matthew, Jesus says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Jesus earned it. It's been given to God the Son by God the Father because of the bloody death and glorious resurrection of Jesus. Jesus was obedient to the authority. He was obedient to his Father's will that he should come and offer his life, his spotless life, as a ransom for all sin, for all people, for all time. Now, we, with that authority that Christ has given us, we proclaim the forgiveness of sins and life everlasting in his name. This is why the church exists. My friends, there are too many times when we view the church as something other than a haven for sinners and a dispensary of the forgiveness of sins. It is not a social club. It is not a glorified tax break. It is not a place where we can exercise the power and authority that we didn't have when we were in junior high school. It is a place where God's word in its truth and purity goes forth. It is a place where the gifts of God, the holy sacraments, are received in faith. It is a place for brothers and sisters in Christ fellow sinners, fellow redeemed, fellow baptized, to encourage, to support, to build up. Because the evil spirits, the devil, the world, and our flesh are after each one of us exactly the same. And so God gathers us into his church, his family, brothers and sisters. He gives the church authority. Not the kind of authority that people lust after, but the authority of the Word of God. 
Sometimes we don't think the Word of God is enough. We have to do more. We have to add something to it. But the Word of God, the Word of God which brought the entire world into existence, the Word of God which took on flesh and blood for our salvation, the Word of God which raised from the dead on Easter Sunday, this Word which was powerful enough to bring life into a dead sinner's soul like yours and mine. This word is powerful enough not only to call us to faith, but to sustain us, to feed us, to nurture us in the one true faith. I can't think of a better example of this authority at work than John chapter 11. You may be familiar with John 11. Lazarus. Lazarus is dead. Lazarus is stone cold dead. The family and friends of Lazarus call to Jesus. Before Lazarus dies, Lazarus is sick. You're pretty close, Jesus. Come and heal him. But Jesus doesn't come. Jesus purposely waits. Martha and Mary, Lazarus' sisters, could not be more upset with Jesus. Lazarus dies. Lord, if you had been here, my brother had not, would not have died. How many times don't we look at God, look at His Word, and think that God has somehow let us down or forsaken us. Jesus says, Lazarus isn't dead, he's only sleeping. And all the people say, oh, no Jesus, uh, he's really dead. Jesus says, no, you don't understand. He's sleeping and I will wake him up. When Lazarus is placed in the tomb, the funeral's over, four days over, Jesus shows up. Show me where they have laid him. He weeps because Jesus is a God of life, not a God of death. Roll the stone away, Jesus says. And his sister says, no, Jesus, it's been four days. And I love how the King James Version says it. By this time, he stinketh. Death stinks. Jesus, by the power of his word, says, Lazarus, come Fourth, and Lazarus who was dead stone cold dead is now alive by the power of the word many times that's where we stop reading John 11 and it's not a bad place to stop but there is more oh so more 
Verse 43 of John 11. When Jesus had said these things, he cried out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And now verse 44. The man who had died came out, his hands and his feet bound with linen strips, his face wrapped with a cloth. And Jesus said to them, Unbind him and let him go. Unbind him. Well, of course, he had the grave cloths on him. Take them off. But this word, unbind, or to loose, is forgiveness of sin talk. It is office of the holy ministry talk. It is authority of the word of God talk. My friends, when forgiveness is declared to you, it is like God is unbinding you from your grave cloths. He is bringing you from death to life. There is no greater gift than God could give you than the forgiveness of sins. There is no greater gift that God can give you than eternal life earned by the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. For all of the times when we have rejected God-given authority, for all of the times when we have usurped God-given authority, and for all of the times when we have thought that the power and authority that God exerts here in the church was a big fat nothing, Christ has bled and died. Your sins are forgiven. Christ has set you free. He unbinds you from the grave cloths of eternal death. Thanks be to God. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which far surpasses all understanding, keep our hearts, our minds, our lives, in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen.